You're listening to You've Got This, Q&A number 29. I'm Katie Linder, host of You've Got This. Each week, I post a Q&A episode to answer questions related to surviving and thriving in an academic life. You can email, tweet, or comment in the show notes to ask a question that could be featured on the show. Now, on to today's question. On this Q&A, I thought I would talk a little bit about headshots. Because recently I got a haircut, which made me look a little bit different, and I figured now was a really good time to update my headshots. And I was talking with someone about it, and they said, you know, I really have no idea about how to go about doing that. Like, can you talk about what you did? And I thought, maybe people just don't really understand how to go about doing this. And not that I, you know, am a complete expert in it, but I can definitely explain the process that I went through And also just a little bit about why I think headshots are really important, especially um, updated versions. And this is something I definitely talk about in uh, the book I'm working on, on managing your academic professional identity online. So let me talk first about the why. Um, So like I said, I'd gotten a haircut and I was thinking about um, one of the things that I really advocate about headshots and, and talk to people about is that they need to be up to date. And so if you have a change in your look that's pretty drastic, and it could be a haircut, it could be you change what's been, you know, long-term facial hair for you, or you gain or lose weight, I mean, any of those things, I think you need to update your appearance of what you look like online. And a lot of people will go with a shot that's, you know, relatively informal, or they have a headshot that gets taken for work or something like that. Um, And just for people who might not know what I'm talking about, a headshot is typically something that's kind of... Um, mid-torso up, and it's a relative, relatively close-up of your face um, so that people can see you know, pretty clearly what you look like. So because I'd kind of changed my look, I had also been thinking about um, getting some more expanded headshots for things like book promotion and when I do speaking engagements um, and also how I promote different things that I do on social media because I've been working off the same headshot for the past couple years now, and I really only have kind of one version of it that I like. And so I decided to start looking around and see if I could find somebody. So what I did was I scheduled the haircut that I was going to get. I knew ahead of time kind of what I was going to do. And then I tried to find someone who could do my headshots approximately a week after that haircut. So um, I started to look around online just locally to see who I could find. And one of the nice things about photographers is typically they put a portfolio up online. So you can take a look at their pictures and you want to find someone who specializes in headshots. There's a lot of people who specialize in weddings or um, other kinds of events, um, babies, you know, all kinds of different things. But you want to find someone who actually does headshots because I definitely think there's an expertise to it in terms of someone who has a lot of experience. And I was really interested in finding someone who was just a professional who'd been doing this for a long time. I didn't want to try to kind of look around and see which of my friends could do this. Um, I mean, I really wanted to kind of take it seriously and go with someone that I could really trust that would do a good job. So I, I looked around online and I looked through some portfolios and I ended up finding someone locally who had a portfolio studio in downtown Corvallis and who had previously worked for a newspaper. And um, I will make sure to link to his website for anyone local who's listening to this and who's interested. Um, And he specialized in headshots, and he does them for a range of organizations, but also just does them for people who are interested in doing them for their businesses. And um, so I contacted him, scheduled out the headshots about a week after the haircut. And then the other thing that I scheduled um, for the morning of the headshots was to go to a local salon and get my hair styled. Um, because 
because it was a new haircut, I wasn't going to trust myself to be able to style it in a way that I felt really confident. And because I was investing in these headshots, I really wanted to look the best that I could. So I went ahead and scheduled a style and um, got that on my calendar as well. And for other people, and especially women who might be thinking about this, you could certainly also schedule some kind of makeup appointment with a a local salon or a local beauty parlor. Um, I did not do that because I don't wear makeup ever. And so it doesn't make sense to me to look completely different in my headshots than how I look all the time. And so because I don't ever wear makeup, I don't wear it in my headshots. Um, But for some people who do, I could definitely see scheduling an appointment for that too. So it's one less thing for you to worry about. So in terms of pricing, I think this is probably going to be all over the map because depending on where you live and the kinds of person you hire and their level of expertise, it's going to be, you know, like, I mean, it could just be a huge range. But let me tell you the pricing that I had here. Um, So this person that I worked with offered a few different packages. I think the first one started at a little over $100, and it was basically just the headshot itself. And you could just get a couple different headshots, and they had some touch-up options, um, and it was really just a very basic package if you just needed, like, one or two shots. Then there was a mid-level where I think you got um, more touch-ups and more shots, you know, more of the photos that you would have access to. And then there was an upper level, and I I don't remember what the mid-level was. It was probably in the 200-something dollar range. And then there was an upper level that I think was $400, and that was um, up to 50 photographs, and then 10 of them would be um, touched up. And you could also, each level also had a different number of outfits that you could choose. And so for the top level of 400, there was four different outfits, and then you had, I think, 10 different touched up headshots, and then 50 other shots that you would just have access to. So I ended up choosing the top level because this is something I figured if I'm going for it, I don't want to have to do this, you know, all the time. I'm going to keep this haircut for at least a couple of years. And I want to have a a wide variety of shots that I can use for lots of different purposes. If I'm promoting the podcast or I'm promoting my books, there's lots of different things that I might want to be using the headshots for. And I might want to give people options of headshots they could choose if I'm coming to speak on their campus and they're trying to promote my work. So um, I decided to just go for the upper package. And then when I um, booked my styling of my hair, that was another like 25, 30 bucks that I paid. Um, So altogether, I paid a little under $450 for the headshot packages with all the digital files and then um, the prep kind of leading up to that. So some people might be kind of curious what happens the day of doing this. How long does it take? Um, So I had an appointment scheduled at, uh, let's see, we met at 1 o'clock. And I think we were done by about 2.15. So it took a little bit over an hour. I brought the four outfits. One of the things that I really focused on was wearing clothing that was not heavily patterned. So I chose four shirts that were all really basic. One of them had some stripes that was kind of for more informal shots. And then I had a couple necklaces that I brought. And then I also brought a scarf that I wore with one of the the shirts. But they were all different colors. And I brought a fifth outfit just to kind of have an option and to get the photographer's impressions about what might work. If you've seen photos of me, one of the things you'll realize is that I have a very light complexion um, and I'm naturally blonde. So a lot of colors will just completely wash me out. And this is also why I went to a professional photographer, because I think that I really wanted someone who had expertise with lighting and who could work really well with my complexion. So um, the other thing that I did, in addition to kind of bringing those outfits with me as I brought a bunch of props and I asked the photographer ahead of time if that was okay with him. 
And so I ended up bringing copies of my books. I brought a couple of mugs. I brought a lamp and my laptop, all my devices. I brought a notebook. I brought the planner that I use a lot. I mean, all the different kinds of things that I might want to use to style some shots of me actually working and not just the typical headshot where I'm sitting or standing or outside, you know, those kinds of things. And he was totally fine with that. So I brought kind of this large box of things with me that we could play around with. And I also brought a couple of pillows and just other kinds of things that I thought had the right colors and the right look that I was going for in the shots. And the other thing that I did is I went on Pinterest and I put together a bunch of different poses that I liked from other people's headshots. And some of them were more formal and some of them were more informal using things like props. And then I sent this to the photographer ahead of time so that he could kind of take a look and see the kinds of looks that I was going for and the kinds of things that I was trying to project in terms of um, feelings that I wanted people to have when they were looking at these headshots or what I was trying to project in terms of my own attitudes in these headshots. So that might sound to you like a lot of work, but for me, I really saw this as an investment in my business. And so I wanted to make sure that I did as much as I could to really help the photographer understand what I wanted um, and to really make it so that when I got there and I um, got to the appointment for the headshots, I could really just kind of let him do his thing and trust that he would be able to kind of see the vision of what I was going for and hand it over. Um, and so I think that that was actually one of the more fun components of the headshots is I felt like it was something that I, because I trusted this person and I trusted his experience, I felt like I could just kind of do exactly what he said, do the poses that he wanted. Um, we did some shots in a studio. We did some shots outside. And then we also did some shots, you know, at a desk and in a chair in the lobby of his studio in different places to get a lot of different um, looks with the different outfits that I was wearing. So again, that took about an hour and 15 minutes. So once, um, and that was actually just a couple of days ago. So I'm just like fresh off of this experience of doing these headshots. He is now going to go through the shots, pick the ones that he thinks are the best. Um, and he took hundreds and hundreds of shots throughout the, the hour, little over an hour that we were together. And then he'll send me those digital files and I'll get to choose the ones that I want to do more of a touch up on, the ones that I think I'm going to use more as kind of formal headshots um, that might go more kind of all over the web in terms of I typically use one or two headshots in all places on the web um, so that I'm really recognizable across the different platforms that I'm on. So I think that this is one of those things that people might feel really uncomfortable with. It sounds kind of narcissist that you would go out and, you know, get all these photos taken of yourself and that you'd be using them in these ways. But I think it's really important to have a professional look that you use when you're online and when you're out kind of speaking and doing other kinds of things. And you never want to feel like the photo that you're sharing with someone or the headshot that you're using in all these places doesn't represent who you are or the kinds of attitudes that you want to be communicating to people. So I think that it's just really important to take you know, some time and effort to really invest in this, especially if you have a business where you're promoting yourself or you're promoting your products um, and just see it as an investment for your business. So the other thing that I would say, too, is I brought my partner with me to these um, headshots and he is starting to become more involved in my side business in a range of ways. And um, we may actually even be adding him formally to the LLC. Um, and because of that, I thought it was really important for him to come and see the kinds of things that I was doing. And he was also just a great support 
um, definitely made me laugh throughout the throughout the photography session. Um, but also, like, he was able to help the photographer to do some stuff with lighting. And it was kind of nice to have an extra set of hands there to help with, like, the prop setup and the styling and things like that. So that's something else to keep in mind is you might want to have an extra person who can just kind of be there in the background to have an extra set of hands with things like lighting if that's needed. So um, anyway, that's my headshot experience. And I just wanted to share it again because I some people had asked me questions about it and I, I hadn't realized that this might be something that people didn't know much about. So um, I would love to hear if you're also thinking about this, if there are things that you would recommend to people. And I will definitely link to this photographer in the show notes, like I mentioned, so um, local people will know who I'm talking about. Um, but if you have other questions about this, I'd love to hear them. And thanks so much for checking in with this week's Q&A episode. I'm Katie Linder, and I'll be back next week answering another question. Thanks so much for listening. Show notes and transcripts for each episode of You've Got This can be found at ygtforyouvegotthispodcast.com. That's ygtpodcast.com. To comment on today's show, suggest a topic for me to discuss, or ask a question that could be featured in a future episode, connect with me on Twitter at Katie double underscore Linder or at YGT underscore podcast. You can also connect with me by emailing feedback at ygtpodcast.com. If you find that you've got this podcast to be a helpful resource, please consider leaving the show a review in iTunes. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And tell your friends and colleagues, the best promotion for the show is definitely word of mouth. You can also hear from me each week on the Research in Action podcast available in iTunes and via my Learn Like a Boss weekly email newsletter. Subscribe to this newsletter at katielinder.work to receive an essay focused on topics like productivity, resilience, and what it means to learn like it's your job delivered directly to your inbox each week. If you want to learn more about my work and projects or how to hire me as a consultant, workshop facilitator, or speaker, visit my website, katielinder.work. Finally, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, visit ygtpodcast.com slash sponsors. Thanks for listening.